1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hi, I'm
3: Pablo Machin. This is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Ray Stakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. So, where to start as we recap match day 25 in Spain's top division? Oh yeah, Roman on the greatest footballer of all time is a good shout. With his hat-trick against Sevilla, he's now managed a total of
4: 650 goals for both club and country. And he's managed a total of
3: 50 hat-tricks in his career. That's pretty impressive. So Barcelona win, Atletico Madrid win and Real Madrid win, although in controversial VAR-related circumstances witnessed by our very own Paco at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia. A disgraceful
5: dive by Casemiro, which referee Iglesias Villanueva didn't think twice about calling
3: and which sent the whole Levante crowd into utter uproar. Also, Hetafe win and they're now fourth after beating Rayo and Ewan is waxing lyrical about Jaime Mata amongst others.
1: I think he's been especially impressive as he's hit the 10-goal mark while playing fewer minutes and Mata scored a number of his goals while playing as a winger or secondary striker rather than right up top.
3: Plus, we're talking Athletic Club's revival, another draw for Valencia and the relegation battle too. That's all on the way. Well, Lionel Messi was clearly brought back too early after his injury. Clearly not ready, clearly unfit, clearly a concern ahead of the Champions League and two more Classicals. He's also clearly the best footballer on the planet. Here's how his performance sounded on 11 Sports in the UK.
0: Messi! (laughs) he gets the equaliser astonishing goal from the little genius the ball whipped in by Rakitic I believe it was Messi on the left foot on the edge of the box Thomas Vatric didn't even see that as it whistled past him into the top left hand corner Dembélé square to Messi 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 makes it 2-2. He's got a habit of doing this in this ground against Sevilla. The Barca fans react as only you can in front of the genius, which is Leo Messi. Sevilla 2, Barca 2. Oh, nice ball to here. He's going to try a shot. He's blocked by Carefuls. to Messi, Leo. Messi gets the hat-trick. They must despise this man in the Sanchez-Pithuan. It's Messi who gets it. Just over five minutes to go. I've got no words left to describe this man. Barcelona ended up beating
3: Sevilla by four goals to two at the Estadio Ramon sanchez Pizjuan on Saturday night. The first goal actually came after Messi lost possession to Quincy As Sevilla on the break with some Benyeda feeding his was Navas to beat to Marc-Andre Ter for 1-0. And then after Messi's admittedly shinned but still brilliant volleyed equaliser, Ter gave the ball away. Sevilla attacked again. Pablo Saravia centre finding Gabriel Mercado to finish 2-1 Sevilla at half-time. Both teams made changes, but for different reasons. Ernesto Valverde brought on Usman Dembélé and Sergio Roberto as a tactical change-up, while Pablo Machin brought off Elmudo Vásquez and Ibrahim Amadou because of injury. The match was starting to slip out of Sevilla's grasp and then the host started to make mistakes. Thomas Vatslik's clearance and Messi left completely unmarked before that right foot curler for 2-2. Just imagine the psychological effect of having a lead wiped out twice by the little Argentine. The third was inevitable and Messi hadn't even delivered an assist yet, so he did for Luis Suárez's fourth. The Uruguayan ending his goal drought very important so what more can we say about Lionel Messi Roman Derquera is the man to ask Roman you've been crunching the numbers but despite that it never gets any easier to describe exactly what a phenomenon he is
4: David, I'm sure a lot of people think that we've made a bad habit out of praising Messi all the time. But doesn't he thoroughly deserve it after those stats he's put in game after game? With his hat-trick against Sevilla, he's now managed a total of 650 goals for both club and country. And he's managed a total of 50 hat-tricks in his career. That's pretty impressive. Let me keep going. Against Sevilla, he's now scored a total of 36 goals in 35 games. But it's not just about scoring, it's also about passing. He's the top man assisting in La Liga with 11. And in his career, he's managed a total of 228 assists. So he's become a super complete player where he can score, but he can also pass, he can also find his teammates. And we were worried a few games ago after that injury because he wasn't playing too well. But now he's proven to everybody that that he's ready to face Madrid in those two Clásicos coming right up.
3: And what about Filipe Coutinho, Roman? Another frustrating display some dubious body language at times shrugging not tracking back not adapting it feels like he's in a particularly complicated moment so how do you read the situation right now and do you think it has significance for his Barca career as a whole this might
4: sound a bit harsh David but we have not seen Coutinho
3: since we signed him for Barca
4: I mean against Sevilla we just saw a lack of of intensity from him he needs to break this psychological barrier and how does he have to do that well he has to give his 200% in every single game if not he's never going to make it out of this struggling point he's at Ernesto Valverde has given him confidence he's played as a starter in so many games even though he didn't deserve it Messi let him shoot penalties to boost his confidence it's true that he's played out of position sometimes as maybe a midfielder or that left wing maybe is not his favorite position but come on a superstar like Coutinho has to adapt we saw how Dembele was capable of doing such thing so Coutinho should manage that and if he doesn't manage that soon it's going to be a big problem.
3: Thanks for that, Roman. Well, this was also our chosen game on Partiato Predictions. It's a video thread that we do on our Twitter, at Liga Lowdown, each and every Friday ahead of a weekend match day, uh, with Paco wallet, astonishingly the only man to back Barca at Sancho Swan. He therefore adds a point to his tally and moves on to 22 overall. Everyone else stays where they were. Ewan McTier on 14, Roman and myself on 13, Alex Johnson on 10. <laughs> Well, next to the controversy of the weekend on Sunday night. Real Madrid beating Levante by two goals to one away from home, but only courtesy of a penalty earned by Casemiro, even though the contact from Levante midfielder shape to Curate looks non-existent. That one decision on Casemiro dominated a pretty eventful game at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia, watched by La Liga Lowdown's Paco Bolid.
5: Just listen to the fans right now, just after the final whistle, they are still absolutely livid after the incredible call that allowed Real Madrid to win tonight. A disgraceful dive by Casemiro, which referee Iglesias Villanueva didn't think twice about calling and which sent the whole Levante crowd into utter uproar. They had got what they thought their performance deserved with Roger Martí's equalizer. The striker showed character to score after missing a very easy one-on-one chance earlier in the game But later, Bale's penalty was the soccer punch for the crowd, despite the fact it had been a fantastic night of football with plenty of atmosphere, excitement, and even Florentino petted himself in the executive box. In fact, that was one of the biggest highlights of the night. After getting the first penalty, fans in the stands turn around and start actually clapping and chanting Florentino, Florentino, as they believe that Real Madrid's pressure on the refs has finally made the new VAR system to cave in and benefit them but we'll see if Levante can recover in the next game away to Leganes while Real Madrid gets a little boost ahead of their copa Clasico date with Barcelona on
3: Wednesday okay so let's talk about the issue of contact if there is any it certainly wouldn't have caused the movement that Casemiro claimed it did as he went to ground at no point did the referee go over to check the images from the VAR he stuck with his original decision because he thought that there was contact and if there is well the laws say it's then down to the referee's judgement as to whether that contact was sufficient for a penalty and in the mind of Iglesias Villanueva there was no doubt but that's the thing there is doubt. There is so much doubt. If that's the process, it seems flawed. If VAR is there to correct clear and obvious errors, this was an example of the system failing or simply not being applied correctly. In any case, Gareth Bale scored the spot kick. He didn't celebrate with anyone. He even removed Lucas Vazquez's arms from around him as he tried to hug Bale. He ran back towards the centre circle. Uh, Real Madrid eventually won the game. That after Cahim Benzema had scored another VAR-assisted penalty to give Madrid the lead, but Roger Martí equalised in the second half. Now, as for reaction to the controversy, Levante Vos Paco López said that he completely trusts Decuré, who said that he never touched Casemiro and that the pictures proved that clearly. But, Real Madrid right back, Danny Carvajal claimed that he heard Decuré strike Casemiro from 25 metres away. Madrid legend Emilio Butragueno also asked, what is the point of VAR if the ref doesn't consult it? And he also said Madrid don't like to give their opinion on referees as they've apparently never done it before. Not sure about that one. Uh, also vaguely amusing was Atletico's tweet saying how the Oscars had begun in earnest with the hashtag The TheNeverEndingStory, a Carvajal bit and replied that he would recommend the films called La Décima and La Undecima uh, saying that he's even got them on DVD. Uh, they were, of course, the two Champions League finals where Madrid beat Atleti in Lisbon and Milan. But spare a thought in all this for Sheikh de Koury himself. In attempting to clear the ball, he fell awkwardly on his left leg and has damaged his anterior cruciate ligaments in his left knee. It doesn't rain, etc, etc while Tesco Madrid remained Barcelona's nearest challengers keeping the gap to seven points by winning 2-0 at home to Villarreal it was third time lucky for Alvaro Morata having twice been denied by VAR in his previous two Athletic games he was set up down the left by Felipe Luis, who seems to have recovered a bit of form and the dink cross was volleyed low past Sergio Asenjo it's just what Morata needs and more than that he himself admitted that he needed a manager who believed in him which is what he's got with Diego Simeone now the second goal was a bit of a farce to be honest a cross your ball by Diego Costa picked out Saul who lifted the ball over Serio Senho? but Victor Ruiz was on the line and able to clear. What did he do instead? weirdly, he sort of ducked and the ball dropped past him into the net. Very, very odd. So what was he thinking and how does this defeat once again plunge Villarreal into trouble? Our own Paco has his own explanation. Actually, I think nobody
5: knows what on earth Victor Ruiz was thinking when he totally misjudged the trajectory of the ball and let Saul Slob go straight in. But again, individual errors are killing Villarreal's attempts to get out of trouble. Interestingly, Villarreal tried three centre-backs from the start and two holding midfielders with both Santi Cáceres and Vicente Iborra to try to contain Atleti. I'm not sure it's an experiment Javi Calleja will be trying again soon. They did improve once, they reverted to a back four, but Calleja is still struggling to find the right system. How does he complete the jigsaw? How does he get the best out of a talented bunch of players? And now, with teams such as Athletic Club or Leganes getting themselves gradually clear from danger, Villarreal are still two points from safety, but with the teams above them a little further away. The next couple of home games are crucial against Alaves and fellow relegation rivals,
3: Rayo Vallecano. Cheers, Paco. Well, Atleti have bounced back well to defeats at Betis and then the Madrid derby. Three wins in a row, no goals conceded, still in the title race, just and very much looking like they could seal their place in the Champions League quarterfinals in a couple of weeks' time. Rodri Hernández was once again a hugely influential player in midfield and Morata is gradually getting the understanding with his teammates. Four of Atleti's next five games are away though so they're going to need that unity and that consistency even more well that's it for part one of this aliga mini pod plenty to come in part two with focus on the battle for the european places and the scrap to avoid the drop as well see you shortly Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Ray Sikhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Now, we're about to say something which might sound a bit strange, which is that Hetafe are fourth. I'll say it again. Hetafe are fourth. Yes, they're in the Champions League places. This is one of the most unfashionable teams in Spain, remember? Their style of play at times, rough or attritional. Their manager, Bebe Bordalas, also gets in a few rucks. There are no big-name stars in their squad. In their stadium, the Coliseum Alfonso Pérez isn't particularly special, lying on the edge of the M45. That's one of the big roads linking up the southern parts of Madrid. But they did beat one of their local rivals, Rayo Vallecano 2-1, at the Coliseum on Saturday. Jaime Mata fired home the opener after uncertain defending from Rayo. The Vistas got their equaliser through Raul de Domas just before the hour from outside the box. The parity lasted for just 10 minutes as Portillo split the Raul defence with his pass into Mata, who this time showed his unselfish side to play in Jorge Molina to score a simple winner. The Coliseum is becoming a fortress for Getafe. Five wins there in a row in all competitions, eight in nine going further back. The only defeat being to Barcelona, so you can probably forgive them that one. And like I said, and it bears repeating, Getafe are fourth. Uh, let's chat to Ewan McTeer. Uh, Ewan, on the strike partnership of Mata and Molina, well, they've got 10 goals each in La Liga. And in fact, it's the same for Raul de Tomás at Rayo and Roger Martí at Levante. So let's talk non-big-name Spanish strikers in non-big-name La Liga clubs. Take each one in turn for us. Uh, Ewan, why have they been so successful this season?
1: OK, starting with Jaime Mata. I think he's been especially impressive as he's hit the 10-goal mark while playing fewer minutes. Mata's scoring a goal every 142 minutes compared to every 173 for Molina and has scored a number of his goals while playing as a winger or secondary striker rather than right up top. Plus, you can tell I really like this guy, is also setting his teammates up for goals with 6 assists so far. At 30 years of age, Mattis should very much still be in the Spain conversation. Molina on the other hand is 36 as much as I'd love him to experience a call-up, he's not one for the future. Plus, While his finishing is excellent and his hold up play is vital for Atafi, he just doesn't strike me as a Spain player. Then we have RDT, just 24, even if he looks like your uncle. He's almost single-handedly led Ryo's attack this season. He recently said in an interview that he tries to play like Benzema and you can see this in the way he links up the play. No assists yet, but that says more about his teammate's ability than his. Now let's not forget about Roger Martí who scored his 10th La Liga goal of the season against Real Madrid and who's now Levante's top scorer in the 21st century with 40. The reason for success is quite simple, it's that it takes a lot of shots the seventh most in the league. He does miss a lot of chances, but I like that he never dwells in the miss and picks himself up ready to go again.
3: Cheers, Ewan. Two games in the Basque Country to tell you about both low-scoring encounters. In fact, no goals whatsoever between Alaves and Celta Vigo at Menzorota with Ruben Blanco to thank for earning the Vista's a point. The Celta keeper kept out Johnny and Manu Garcia from long range, and Guillermo Maripan from close range, while this was the biggest threat at the other end. Alaves stay in the top six, although they are starting to slip now as we thought they might. Six points in seven games, winning just the once. The point doesn't really help Celta too much. They remain fourth bottom and the pressure is still very much on Miguel Cardoso. Athletic Club were 1-0 winners over Eibar on Saturday. But Blinken, you missed it for the goal. Raul Garcia scoring after just 45 seconds, assisted by Yuri Bichichi. the fastest goal at San Mames since it was rebuilt. Benyat then hit the bar with the outside of his right boot, while Nigo Martinez, Oscar De Marcos and Kenan Codro were all off target before Iñaki Williams forced a save from Asia Riesgo. But the damage had already been done, and Athletic are now eight games unbeaten in La Liga at San Mames. Six of them were clean sheets, four of them wins. Uh, Gaisca Garitano still doesn't like talking about Even though other people are. A fact is, Los Leones are just four points off fifth spot, so they very much are in contention, and they're the team with momentum too, with just one defeat in 11 league games under Garitano, which was in the Bass Derby, away to Real Sociedad. Well, speaking of La Real, they were in action in the Monday night game away to Girona, knowing that a winner Montilivi would take them level with fifth place Sevilla and sixth place Alaves, but with significant injuries like Asiria Ramendi and Andan Yanazai, and significant suspensions like William Jose and Teo Hernandez. This one would also finish goalless. Uh, Juanmi caused Girona a few problems in the first half, but they had to wait until the second half for their first shot on target, and by then he was a fading force and only Sandro was doing anything different. It really did have that feel of the last game of a long weekend where plenty more had already happened. Uh, Girona had the biggest chance of the match towards the end actually actually. Substitute Borgesia blazing over from around the penalty spot when he really should have scored. de Real Sostad remain unbeaten in 10 games under Imen Alguacil, but remember that six of those have been draws. They nudge up towards Betis, whereas Girona had a point to move them five points clear of the bottom three. Now, the record for the highest number of draws in a La Liga campaign belongs to Deportivo La Coruña in 2015-16. They drew 18 of their 38 games. Well, would you believe it? that record is under threat as Valencia recorded their 15th draw in 25 league games so far this season, 1-1 at Leganes. Now, Jeffrey Kondogbia put Valencia ahead in the first half with a header from a Carlos Soler free kick. Lega switched things around after the break, played significantly better, uh, but they had to wait until the 88th minute to get their award. Substitute to Naval El-Shah, centering for Martin Braith, who finished second time around? Frustrating for Valencia, who draw a fourth straight league game. That Liga lowdowns. You and McTier was at Butarque.
2: So the big question is, did Valencia have their eyes on Thursday's Copa del Rey semi-final with that rotated lineup out there? Maybe. But coach Marcelino was animated on the sidelines and really did seem to care. But you'll also know his side can secure European qualification through the cups. There were a few disappointing Valencia performances, but not in the case of Neto, who continues to play amazing goals despite his finger injury, and not in the case of Jeffrey Condobia, Not only did he score the goal but he was controlling midfield throughout and even had an excellent through ball to Carlos Soler early in the second half that Soler probably should have done better with. I got the sense that Valencia are going to miss Kondobia big time in the Europa League tie against Krasnodar as remember, he'll be missing both legs with a ban for forcing a yellow card. As for Leganes, they looked so much better when they changed up their tactics in the second half they switched from a 5-3-2 to a 4-4-2 by putting Guerrillo up top alongside Braithwaite with El and Nesri in support and got progressively more attacking as the game went on up to the goal. Maybe they need to play this way more often in order to survive.
3: And so Leganes stretched their unbeaten run at home to 12 games. A run kicked off by a 2-1 win over Barcelona, no less. They've taken that confidence and really run with it. They haven't been beaten up Darke since mid-September. That could be a significant factor in keeping them up this season. <laughs> Real Valladolid have got to be worried. It's now just one win in 12 as they went down by two goals to nil at home to Real Betis the first created by a couple of defenders a deep free kick into the box headed back by Fedal, and somehow Isamondi hooked it back over Jordi Massip and into the net and that was in first half stoppage time and huffed and puffed in the second half but they couldn't cause the visitors many problems at all in fact, Betis then scored a second goal in the 87th minute and it was very route one for once. With Paul Lopez's goal kick reaching Sergio canales, he turned his man, chased down that right flank and sent it for Joaquin to do the easy bit. For Betis it's a first win in six in all competitions and maybe just what they need having gone out of the Europa League last week but with a Thursday date at Mestella as they try and beat Valencia and reach the Copa del Rey final in their own stadium, the Benito y let Let's head towards the bottom of the table where Espanol have stabilised their form a bit unbeaten in four now after losing nine out of ten in La Liga, drawing one-one at home to Huesca on Friday night. But both goals were pretty impressive. Esteban Granelos free in the first half into the top left-hand corner but then two Huesca defenders combined for their equaliser, Jorge Pulido assisting for Javier Recheta to pounce and volley home. Chances for both sides after that. Both Jimmy Ávila and Cucho Hernández went wide while Rullé hit the post from close range. Well, let's go back to Román Derquer in Barcelona. Let's talk about the Chinese winger Rullé. How much has he helped Espanyol's recent mini-revival, would you say? And do you think they're safe? I have no doubt Rullé has been really helpful in Espanyol's latest recovery. I mean, they
4: had a really bad, bad streak. And since this guy has started to play and, and participate... And now, as a matter of fact, he's a starting player for Ruby. The team's really changed, especially offensively, because Borja Iglesias feels so alone sometimes, so tired. But Ule is giving him options, alternatives, other style of play is possible. David López, his teammate, said he was great on -on one-on-one situations, which we saw against Huesca. And even Ruby, after the game said he was definitely one of their main offensive answers. So I think Ule has proved to be a key signing for the club, despite a lot of people thinking he might have been a bluff. Are Espanol safe? Well I think they are pretty safe at the moment They're on a good streak, they're getting good results And if they stay strong at home, they shouldn't have a problem to save themselves
3: And Roman, what about Westcar? We spoke to you after they'd won back-to-back games But they've taken one point from the last two games since then They're still six points from safety And the next four games are all against teams currently in the top six So what can they realistically hope for now?
4: If it weren't for that terrible start Huesca had at the beginning of the season, I mean, I'm sure they would be fighting for higher positions. Right now, they've managed to get really good results against teams such as Valladolid, where they beat them 4-0. They drew against Real Sociedad. They beat Girona. They were so close to drawing against Bilbao. Against Espanyol, they managed to draw. I mean, these are teams which are on top of them and are getting good results and playing quite well. So if they would have played at this level before... They wouldn't be so worried. But of course, six points are six points and they have to get through really tough games against Sevilla, Getafe, Alavés, Real Madrid. It won't be easy, but if they can manage just a few wins there, I'm sure they can make it through and at least have good chances to
3: survive in Primera División. Thanks again, Roman. Well, let's have a look at the La Liga table then. Barcelona top on 57 points, Atleti's second on 50, Real Madrid third on 48. And then we have Getafe fourth on 39 points, which is incredible. Ezebio fifth, Alaves sixth on 37 points. At the bottom, it is Huesca propping up the table on 18 points. Then Real second bottom and Rayo Vallecano third bottom, both on 23. Celta are just above the drop zone on 25 points, Rayo Valladolid on 26. Uh, just to remind you of last Friday's Europa League last 16 draw, three La Liga teams still left in. In. Sevilla face the Czech lead leaders Slavia Prague at home first. Villarreal take on the Russian league leaders Zenit St. Petersburg away first. While for Valencia, it is Zenit's nearest domestic challengers Krasnodar at Mestaya first for a place in the quarterfinals. A bit closer to home, it's a pivotal week as the Copa del Rey semi finals concludes with Real Madrid facing Barcelona at the Estadio Bernabéu 1 1 heading into their second leg on Wednesday. On Thursday, Valencia and Ravetis resume their semi final at two apiece so Lost share with the slight advantage of those two away goals. Oh, and if you didn't know there is another clásico next saturday night these are exciting times in spanish football make sure you check out our twitter feed for all the build-up action and reaction we are at la liga lowdown on twitter with now in excess of 5,000 followers we really appreciate your support we love making content for you and feel free to leave a lovely review of this podcast as well and a five-star rating because every little helps that's your la liga lowdown see you next time
1: was a Radio Stakhanov production.